0: Hi, I'm Michael London. Welcome to Spidcast, the future of collaborative video production brought to you by spidvid.com. On this episode, we're visiting with Tom Conkle. He's an actor, director, and co-owner of Pithy Productions. Tom has moved into the new media space and will tell us all about that. Then we'll visit with a lady who has a kind of an unusually hyphenated title you don't often hear. Director Stuntwoman, America Young, will be here. She has a wonderful outlook on this business and some great insights as well. But first up is Tom Conkle. Tom. We've seen your face. I know we have. It's all over TV. Tell us a little bit about your story.
1: I, I started as a professional actor and director in Los Angeles uh, in the uh, early 90s, uh, and obviously in traditional media, uh, but I also had a background in sketch comedy. I loved performing live. Uh, I had a sketch troupe for a long time. We toured uh, many places in the world and around uh, the U.S. Uh, I ended up partnering up with uh, Dave Beeler and doing a two-man uh, sketch show, as British guys, We our, our hook was that we would do British comedy, American-made, uh, and we started a company called Pithy Productions. Uh, pithy, uh, meaning uh, when the internet, at least when it was first starting, everything had to be very short because of bandwidth and, and storage, so we were short and pithy. So we're P-I-T-H hyphen E, sort of like email, Pithy Productions, myself and Dave, and we started filming our sketches. And uh, I would take stuff that I would make in traditional media and I'd roll some of that money... Uh, very much like, you know, someone like Orson Welles would do. He'd work on a studio film, and then he'd do his passion project, his independent project. He'd roll some of that money into it. And we did a very similar thing where we took a leap and, and made shows like Invention with Brian Forbes and Safety Geeks. So my background really is as a filmmaker and actor who finally found the Internet as a way of combining those disciplines.
0: So take us through that process of you venturing into Internet production.
1: The story behind me, I am... I, um, was very fortunate i, I, I came out and I, I really had a passion for uh... you know acting and directing i came out from uh... I actually moved here from virginia because i went to college uh... at american university in dc and uh... got a degree in cinema and theater from there and i kind of moved here knowing nothing uh... or anyone uh... and lived in a truck and i found a place on the last day before i have to turn the truck in uh... and have my stuff on the street i found an apartment Somewhere in Glendale, California, lovely Glendale. And um, from there, uh, you know, began working, getting an agent, uh, doing commercials. I've done uh, probably 50, 60 commercials. It's been a really nice way to free me up to do uh, other creative pursuits. Uh, and then I've always had a passion for writing and directing, I've, I've done a lot of short films uh... and short form things beginning to develop now some features because i've made the connections i need to make but but really i'm a unique animal in that i'm an actor who understands the technical side the post-production and production side intimately because i've been doing it for 17 years
0: well and you know what nothing speaks like experience that's for sure and you've had a lot of experience in commercials i know you might not want to talk about them. we want to hear about them. where have we seen your
1: face Okay, well commercially, uh at the moment I have a Coca-Cola running, uh, which runs a lot during American Idol. I have a pretty uh famous internet meme one where I play Brahms in a thing called Raisin Brahms. Uh and I think there's about a hundred little mini fan films where people have corrupted and changed my my spot into something else. It's it's a very bizarre spot and it's kind of wonderful. done spots for Quiznos, most major car companies. ING right now is running where I'm up on a hedge, so there's a, a bunch, you know, I usually have four or five running at any, any given year, so, so that's been a real, uh, a real boon to, to keeping the acting career going.
0: What does that feel like? What does it feel like to be uh, the focus of a parody?
1: I have to admit, I love it. Uh, the Raisin Brahms one with Gutentag. I um, I have some of them myself. You know that I've saved. Uh, there's one guy who did a screensaver of me doing Gutentag, and it's actually me saying Gutentag for a full two minutes. So it's like Gutentag. And it just cracks me up. <laughs> I love, I, everything is a remix and everything is a sort of reformulation. And what's cool about the internet is this cross-pollinating and everything that happens. Uh, we didn't have that in the 90s. We we didn't have that happening. And now I can put something up on YouTube or Blip or, you know, Colcast or wherever, and it might inspire something else or I might see it reformulated and come back to me. And I love that.
0: Oh, that's great. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier that you are a hybrid, a talent and techie and that you really put that into play on Safety Geek's S.V.I., right?
1: Absolutely. With Safety Geek's S.V.I., that that was a, uh, really, I wanted to see the show. Uh, I really love Adult Swim and the Adult Swim sense of humor, but I always thought with a human face, you know, being an actor, I was like, there's nothing more expressive than a human face. What if you took the, the sensibility of Adult Swim uh, and married it with actual people? And of course, I couldn't destroy a Costco. I couldn't do all the insane stuff that I do. So uh, me and Mike Smith and, and uh, Thor Melsted and Dave Beeler and Brittany Powell—we all got together. We're all friends that are professionals, and said, "How can we learn? What's our learning curve to create an universe build? How do you make an effects-laden comedy? Because there aren't a lot of uh, effects-heavy ones." Uh, and, and we were real groundbreaking. We started a, a company called Luminactus, which was a sub-company, and Luminactus really is a visual effects and even 3D company and i know the post-process i've worked in the studio system as well and i've had to deliver films and television shows and i know how to cut them and and if i don't know how to physically do the 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 mix i know how to supervise it and so safety geeks was all these disciplines coming together into a sort of passion project of what would make us laugh how silly can we be and how can we build a world and the effects are part of the joke and and so you know the acting is there and the writing hopefully is there but what was cool about it is uh... without a filter unfettered by uh, middlemen or anything else, right or wrong, uh, very much like putting up a play uh, in a 99-seat theater, you you rise or fall on your own decisions. And and I really like that about Safety Geeks. And I think Safety Geeks was groundbreaking because it's the first 3D web series in the world.
0: Gotta love that. No brag, just fact. Now, take us a bit deeper into that somewhat uncertain world of 3D.
1: Well, there's been slower adoption than was predicted. And, And I think part of that is is mistakes made on both sides i think there's still a stigma that somehow it's a it's a fad or a gimmick you know which which actually came up as an objection when sound was introduced to uh, to film they're like ah sound will never last and and then when color came in they're like it's not necessary i like my black and white tv but but with 3d used properly it can immerse you further into it i think the problem is the studios paid lip service to the the companies that make it, but we have all the hardware and not enough software, not enough shows to to watch it on, so I think we're kind of upside down. It's ironic to me, the most successful 3D film in history, Avatar, is not available uh, uh, on 3D Blu-ray, which I think is very odd, and we've been working to get safety geeks out on on 3D Blu-ray through our distributor named uh, Yabazam. It's a division of DDD digital dynamic depth and i think as people adopt the televisions get more comfortable and hopefully we're getting into glasses free 3d i think that for indies like us that becomes special it becomes almost the hook the niche is oh here's some 3d content where they won't go is will ferrell in this comedy or we won't take it in this case well hey it's in 3d the 3d's decent it's good it doesn't need to have star names in it big names you know we have certainly some great credits but because it's in 3D, it opened doors that it wouldn't normally have opened. We never would have gotten a deal to have a 3D Blu-ray of our web series had it not been in 3D.
0: Well, that is a perfect example of collaboration. As technology has helped you, and you have helped push technology with your creative work, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we we broke a lot of ground with it when we started. We started Geeks in 2009. There was really no. Uh, there wasn't even a standard for 3D. And originally, we delivered it in 2D to Colcast, who helped uh, with some of the negative costs of creating it. And it had 7,000 composite shots, which is more than the first three Star Wars, the original Star Wars movies combined. Every single shot is an effect shot in Safety Geeks. Uh, Unless you're physically touching something, nothing is there. And um, as a filmmaker, I was like, wow, that's an interesting challenge, plus I'm in it. Plus, I wrote it. Plus, I'm worrying about bringing the sandwiches. You know, so for me, any any studio project or if I step onto a television thing, you know, I recently did a, a little guest spot on Community or something. It's like taking weights off my ankles because I'm like, really? I don't have to pick up the cable? You know, so it's kind of nice.
0: I bet. And that brings me to uh, one of the main points here today, and that's all about collaboration. I'm certain that you found along the way uh, how valuable collaboration is.
1: I think collaboration is really the the most important part of the creative process unless you're a novelist or a painter it is a team effort Uh, certainly you have to have your own vision and people will march in the same direction with you if they feel like you know what you're talking about. But I couldn't do it without the, the, they're frankly friends, without the very dear friends that, uh, happen to be artists. We, we call it friendship with a purpose. Most people, most friends get together and go to the bar. We're friends that all get together and go, okay, let's make a show. And, and what's nice about that is, um, I try and bring out the best, uh, in, in myself and in them. By enthusiasm and them knowing, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And and in this town, in Los Angeles in particular, a lot of people have a lot of plans and a lot of things they're going to do. But what I pride myself in is if myself or Dave and I or me and Brittany, we we've worked on some things. If we say we're going to do it, by golly, we go and do it. And and people know that it will be fruitful and that they'll be respected and that their contribution will be considered important. Uh, and for me. That's the most exciting thing, collaborating with people that make your game better. It's like tennis. You want to play with people as good or better than you.
0: Tom, that is such valuable advice. If you say you're going to do it, just do it. Great stuff. Now, you might have answered a part of this next question, but what advice can you offer to those just starting out?
1: Uh, If you were just starting, I would say have the courage of your conviction. And what I mean by that is... Pick a project that's scalable that will present you. And you must know thyself. You are the expert on you. Um, and if you know yourself as an artist and where your strengths are, pick a project that is scalable that you can actually do. You know, don't have the helicopters coming over the hill, and you know uh, that's not your first project. That's your fiftieth. And and. Pick a several, actually, and, and take those projects and see them through and assume you're going to learn a lot and fall and fail and be okay with it because, you know, perfectionists will never start. And, and, and for me, the first few uh, steps into this world, well, you, you copy what you like. You, you, you learn from it. Like I said earlier, you remix and, and reformulate something. Make what you want to see. If no one else agrees with you, get out of the business.
0: I love the advice of picking scalable projects. Now, for the beginners, Tom, how hard do they dig their heels in for what they believe?
1: Well, you know, when you're starting out, uh, there are places what I call the hill you want to die on. Uh, if you, uh, if you dig your heels in and you really feel passionate about it, it, it's a double-edged sword. People respect that, and yes, you will have a singular vision come through. But make sure that's the hill you want to die on. If you're digging your heels in because it has to be this particular store because it has blue in it, That's not a battle you want to fight. Where you want to dig your heels in is the integrity of the project. Is it being fundamentally altered so that it's no longer yours? Or worse, many people fall in the trap of doing what they think someone else might want. You know, they're given a brief and they're like, well, someone else will find this funny. Or I believe this to be commercial. Or I believe this is what other people want. You, you should be your own audience. You should, you should really develop that compass, that internal compass of taste and and your own artistic limitations, and say this is and to scale. This is what I can do right now, really, really well, and present that. It's great to overreach a little bit, push yourself a little bit, but you'll never start if it seems so overwhelming, or if you really fundamentally don't believe it. And 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 our last thought on that: this comes from experience. I've been doing this a very long time, and I'll say half the sets I've been on, with all the money flying around, you can have a million dollar commercial, you can have a television show. You could tell when no one on that show believes in what they're doing. They're collecting a paycheck or it's a machine and it's running through the machine. And it's reflected in the art. It may be a soulless piece. It may be a commercial piece. It may be fluff. But when you're on a project and there's an energy and everyone believes in what's going on, it transcends even its own limitations. If you have, for example, um, technique but no feeling well then it's like watching a virtuoso but he's playing with no feeling if you have no technique but a lot of feeling well then you have potential there but you're not executing it the perfection of art is matching technique and feeling so that what you're doing is reaching the audience that you intended for, which includes you, but has a technique where you can execute the idea.
0: And you have indeed reached your intended audience. Where can we see your stuff?
1: There's a couple places you could see it. Um, one's real easy. I can't believe we got this. <laughs> I can't believe we got this domain name. If you want to see the Dave and Tom stuff, some of it's uh, Double Act, which is the, uh, the British comedy that we do, the sketch show, you go to www.daveandtom.com and that's and spelled out so com. also it has Invention uh, with Brian Forbes which is a, a show that has been critically <laughs> just chugging along we call it the little show that could dot com. you can see safetygeeks if you want to see it in 3D you go to yabazam.com and I'll spell that that's y-a-b-a-z-a-m dot com yabazam.com you can download it you can take a look at it stream it if you have a 3D TV or computer uh, and the other show that I'm doing is Ask Grim. If you put in Ask Grim, G-R-I-M, in, uh, YouTube, you'll see a very funny show that I do with Sandra Payne. And all those are there, and I have an upcoming series that I'm going to be doing with, uh, Brittany Powell called Romcom, which is kind of a, uh, edgy romantic comedy, uh, which will also be on YouTube. So any of those places you can find me. And if you're interested in visual effects or 3D work, uh, luminactus.com. And I'll spell that out. L-U-M-E-N. A-C-T-U-S dot com. And that is my production company and visual effects company. <laughs>
0: we will meet you there. And how about a parting shot for us to take away? A
1: parting shot would basically be this. Uh, take, take a real assessment of who you want to be as an artist and how you want to present yourself. Have a very real sense of your, your own audience and what you are capable of creating in this moment. Not, not I want to or I will, but where you are right now. And know that that art that you create now, you'll look back and it won't be, you know, that'll be early stage you, but it's okay. So have the courage of your conviction, go forward, start, begin. Uh, There's a great uh, quote that I'll leave you with. Uh, I believe it was Somerset Maugham who said, I only do something when inspiration strikes. Fortunately, inspiration strikes every morning at 9 a.m.
0: Thank you, Tom Conkle, for joining us today on Spidcast.
1: All right, take care. Thank you so much.
0: Next up is director, stuntwoman, America Young. America, thank you so much for joining us today on SPIDCAST.
2: Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here.
0: And for the benefit of those listening who haven't yet heard your name, they will. uh, Fill us in. Tell us a bit about your story.
2: My story. Um, I've been living out in L.A. for a few years now. I moved out here to be an actress. And while I was out here, I also discovered that I also liked bossing people around, which uh, naturally led to producing and directing. Um, and I've also been doing a lot of stunt work in the last couple of years. So basically my story is I'm a storyteller.
0: <laughs> so, so how do we know if you're telling stories right now?
2: I'm always telling a story. Sometimes they're true, though, and sometimes they're not.
0: Well, I say good for you then. Hey, where have we seen some of your stunts?
2: Um, I was actually just in Transformers 3 doing stunt work in Washington, D.C., and I just filmed on John Carter of Mars, which is a new Pixar movie coming out. And uh, I do a lot of stunt work in a, a TV show called Goodnight Burbank, which is on Hulu and was on HDNet.
0: Oh, well, we recently had Hayden Black, Goodnight uh, Burbank creator on Spitcast. So, America, how or why did you make the jump uh, to online media?
2: Because I was bored um, and because I was not creatively fulfilled by the projects I was working on. Um, a lot of the times you take projects that pay the bills. Uh, that you don't necessarily are not necessarily proud that you're part of or you don't find them particularly interesting um, so I started just doing stuff online because then you get to tell the stories that you want to tell and the way you want to tell them
0: So you've kind of taken a different path than most we've talked to in that you already had a traditional film career, then you got involved in this new media, has that helped or hindered you?
2: I think it's only helped jumping from film to new media, uh, I know it does seem a little bit backwards but the truth of the matter is, is more and more people are doing it because of the creative control they get over their own projects and because of the things that they get to create. Um, When you're working on a film, you're hindered by, hindered and helped. I mean, granted, you're helped by the studio and their money, but you're also hindered by the fact that they're still pulling the strings and you're telling the story that they want to tell. In new media online, you are the boss and you get to do what you want to do, money restricted, of course, and that's helped so much. It's helped uh, with my creativity. It's helped with my learning of all aspects because when you're doing independent film, you're doing every aspect of filmmaking possible. And I think the more you learn about filmmaking, the better it makes you at whatever you want to be. If you're an actor and you learn what it is to produce something, then that makes you a better actor because you know what you're stepping into. If you're a director and you have to teach yourself how to edit, that absolutely makes you a better director because then you know how to shoot for the editing room. So in every single way, it's 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 like a, a, an intensive course on filmmaking.
0: I love... Everything you just said. And I trust there was lots of note taking going on as well. This is terrific inside America. We appreciate it. Tell us your experience with um, collaboration.
2: The barter system is alive and well in Los Angeles. (laughs) I'll work on yours if you work on mine. And that has helped so much because there's no better way to learn than by doing it yourself, but by doing it with people who know how to do it better than you. And that's what's happened is, you know, you work on somebody's project for them doing what you do best. I'll get hired on someone's project to do stunt work because that's something that I do well and and I can coordinate. And then as in return of a favor, then I'll bring them on to my project to do what they do best. And then I learn from them. So, collaboration is the best way to do this. And a lot of new media is not paid, or if it's paid, it's peanuts. Um, what you're learning, is, what you get is so much more invaluable because you're learning and you're getting the experience.
0: At times, there are things more valuable than the mighty dollar. Now, you touched on so many good points, and you may have answered part of this, but what are some tips for those just starting out?
2: I'd say just do it, man. Just jump in and do it. It's terrifying at first, it's overwhelming at first. But you learn as you go, and that's the best way to go. So find a story, whether it's a short one-minute video that you want to go viral or if it's a web series that you want to tell that you think hasn't been told or hasn't been told in this way. And find somebody who's a friend of yours who's a writer and say, hey, how do I do this and do that? And then once it's written get your favorite actor friends that you know or hold auditions and meet a brand new group of talented people and just do it. It's just step by step by step and reach out to the people in your lives that you know that know what they're doing or have experience in something that you have questions on. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't have too much ego to not admit that you don't know what you're doing and just do it and your first project most likely will be awful. (laughs) be so many things with it that you wish you had done differently, but that's the best way to learn is looking back on that and going, oh, my God, I really wish I had done this or, wow, we really needed a sound guy on that or next time we're definitely having a makeup artist. And then as you go, you learn what's important to you for telling your stories. But the only way you can do it is to do it.
0: Excellent, love it, just do it. So where can we see some of the things that you have done?
2: Well, I've done a lot of work with Comediva. It's Comediva.com. It's C-O-M-E-D-I-V-A. And it's a website that's like a funnier, or dire college humor, specifically geared towards female comedy. And I've done a lot of work with them, uh, creating shows and, and directing things and writing things. So there's a lot of stuff of mine on there. Um, you can always follow me on Twitter. Uh, and that's at America underscore Young. And then my website, uh, I usually update. I'm a little behind updating because I'm so busy, which is a great excuse to not update. But americayoung.com, I usually eventually post links to everything I'm working on. Right before the holidays, I directed a video. It um, was a lightsaber duel between Christmas elves. And you can see that on YouTube. It's called uh, Elf Sabers. And it's uh, Teal Shearer was the actress in it who produced it. It's on her YouTube channel, My Gimpy Life. Um, and I also just directed a uh, web series slash uh, presentation pilot called Wrestling with Parenthood. And um, it's basically Mr. Mom in the professional wrestling world. So we have some real professional wrestlers who are in it. And that's pretty exciting. So I'll be posting updates about that on my website and on Twitter.
0: Lots of cool things to check out. So if somebody's listening and you want them to say, I was listening to this podcast and this girl named America Young said, blank, what would you like them to remember?
2: Bite off more than you can chew and then chew it. (laughs) Jump in the deep end and learn how to swim really fast. Just do it. If you want it and this is what you want more than anything in the world, don't let anything stop you except the law. The law can stop you. But other than that...
0: (laughs) You know, I once had a guy tell me that there's a wall that I never want you to go over. Luckily, it's made of rubber, and I won't respect you unless you run and hit that wall as hard as you can every now and again.
2: I love that. That's a wonderful expression, because it's true. You do have to hit the wall sometimes, and it sucks, man. But it's worth it, because you learn from that, and it makes you stronger. And if you can survive hitting the wall... You can survive almost anything.
0: America Young, thank you so much for joining us today on Spitcast. It's been a delight. Well,
2: thanks so much for having me. This was really fun.
0: And thank you for listening to our Spidcast show. We appreciate your time and attention. You can now join the conversation at Spitvid.com or on our Spitvid blog. And you can join our collaborative filmmaking community at Spitvid.com. Tune in next month for another entertaining and informative episode of Spitcast.
2: Spitcast.